This episode is brought to you by Just Egg. It's a butter egg made from plants. Bring more customers in your doors with Just Egg. Start with a free sample at ju.st slash hrn. This week on Meet and 3, we're talking organization. Not mise en place or keeping your knives in a row, but labor organizing. If any restaurant worker is listening to this and is like, yes, I want something different, but I don't know where to start. First step they just need to do is to find one of us and get plugged in. As independent contractors, they can't directly tell people, you know, when or, or where to work, but by using sort of gamified nudges to push people, that is sort of how they um, move the workforce around. Tune in to Meet in 3, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Why Food, a podcast about entrepreneurs, innovators, and career changers. I'm your solo co-host this week, Ethan Frisch, and I'm really excited to introduce you to a friend of mine, somebody who I've gotten to know over the last year uh, around his really excellent and interesting product. There's really nothing else like it on the market, and and he likewise is kind of a one-of-a-kind food entrepreneur. Yao Zhao is the founder of 50 Hertz Szechuan Pepper. Yao, thank you for joining me. My pleasure, Ethan. So uh, let's let's start with the story. How did you come to start Fifty Hertz? Um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, so I my background is actually in clean energy. I work in uh, in the Middle East and the North Africa region uh, for the World Bank uh, on clean energy development. Um, so yeah, so I, I sometimes I joke that you know I spent the first uh, uh, ten years of my career battling against oil and gas. Um, now I'm working on citron pepper oil, but the, the but I think the um, the journey to start their business is a lot of uh, um, self exploration throughout the career. So I was pretty unhappy, uh, you know. I think four, three or four years ago, um, at what I'm doing. I think it's a very research heavy um, profession. Uh, I I do a lot of. Uh, um, research, uh, paper writing, and, um, and government relations. Um, and, you know, I, so I think through reading and listening to podcasts and talking to uh, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, um, I realized uh, I'm actually an entrepreneur. You know, I, I like putting things together. I like building things. So, um, and then I become very alert to uh, new ideas and business ideas around me. And the way I stumbled upon this business idea, you know, promoting citron pepper and the tingling sensation to a world foodies is actually a trip back to my hometown, Chongqing, uh, back in China. Uh, my mom was making uh, this cucumber salad, um, uh, smashed cucumber salad. It's very iconic uh, Sichuan and Chongqing um, uh, cold appetizer. And you finish it off with a, a little bit of uh, a green citron pepper oil. So I had a bite of the, you know, the cucumber and I, you know, I grew up with it. But I just, uh, I was amazed by the, the tingling and numbing sensation. And the green variety of citron pepper, uh, which is even novel, novel to me. So when, when I came back to the States after the visit, I brought back a, a bottle of uh, citron pepper, green citron pepper oil. And I added to a lot of my 
um, own cooking. Um, sometimes it's pasta, sometimes it's pizza uh, and a salad. And it just really works. It works really well with the Western food. And my partner um, said, wow, you know, it really works well with Western dishes. You know, um, it should go beyond the Chinese food. And I think, I think that sentence I still remember. Um, and then I started, you know, um, doing research. I, I'm the kind of person who wouldn't let an idea um, uh, go away from me. So I started doing research and, um, and here we are. That's how, basically how I started the business. That's, that's amazing. Uh, would you describe that flavor, that sensation of, uh, I mean, maybe we'll get into the details about Sichuan pepper versus the pepper oil, but let's start with the oil. What, what does it taste like? What does it smell like? And what does it feel like? On right. So I'll, I'll start with the, the green Sichuan pepper oil because, because there's also the red. The, the green Sichuan pepper smells, um, you know, very lemony and um, bright and zesty. Uh, it's like fresh flowers. In fact, citron pepper is called flower pepper in Chinese. So it's, it's very flowery and, and, and very bright. Um, and, you know, it has this uh, amazing uh, tingling, numbing sensation that you might have had uh, in Sichuan food, uh, mapo tofu or kung pao chicken. Um, and, and all of those iconic uh, dishes have that tingling, numbing sensation. And is that uh, perhaps connected to the name of your company? Yeah, yeah. So, so my company is called uh, 50 Hertz. Um, and so I, so I, this is part of my, my research. I was doing research um, and researching on citron pepper. And I came across this paper published in, uh, in London uh, by the Royal Society. Uh, and it's the, the head of the Department of Neuroscience uh, at UCL, University College of London. Um, and he, the, the, the scientist studied the pepper and he, dis, and he connected uh, nine uh, volts of electricity to um, people's fingernails, uh, fingertips. And they concluded that the tingling sensation from citron pepper is equivalent to uh, the same frequency, which is 50 hertz of electricity hitting their tongue. So, so I read this paper and I wrote to the professor. I said, well, you know, Professor Haggard, you know, I'm so-and-so and I want to do, uh, I want to champion citron pepper to uh, world foodies. Um, can I, I want to use the, your scientific uh, result as my brand name, you know, uh, you know, would you agree? And Professor Haggard is such a, a, a great academic. And he said, well, you know, I'm happy to, you know, I'm happy that my scientific work will be put into good use. So, yeah, so I, I took that name as my brand name, uh, which, is, which is, you know, it says all, everything about citron pepper. That's such a crazy study. Mm-hmm. What, how did he, do you know the story? Like, why was he checking the, uh, the electrical <laughs> uh, pattern of citron pepper? Yeah, so I, I think, so I read the paper, basically the introduction is, okay, so we know how, basically we know how citron pepper causes um, that tingling, numbing sensation. It's the chemical called uh, uh, hydroxy-alpha-sensual. Uh, which is the chemical that causes the tingling, numbing sensation. But how would you describe it? Uh, no, how, how would you describe that tingling, numbing sensation? How can we quantify it? Uh, and I think that's why uh, he, you know, he started uh, this research. And it's part of, you know, I think, his general coverage uh, in the tactile sensations. In fact, actually, uh, three months ago, he published another paper <laughs> using citron pepper, uh, which is to explore... Um, the physical touch 
and the chemical touch, right? So um, the sensations caused by food, such as citron pepper or chili pepper, the, the capsaicin uh, in chili pepper, we, we, you would describe it as, you would categorize them as the chemical touch. Um, but there's also just the mechanical touch of your skin. So he used citron pepper to find out if these two types of touches interfere with each other. And the result is they do, right? Um, you know, if you feel tingling, numbing sensation on your, on your lips, and if you touch your lips, uh, it would attenuate uh, that sensation. So it's a new paper and, you know, it was very interesting. Wow. I mean, I, I guess Sichuan peppercorns are such an iconic part of obviously Sichuan cooking and, and Chinese cooking more broadly. And Chinese cooking has, has had a presence in the United States in, in many forms for a very long time. But, but I, I, it sounds like this aspect of Sichuan cooking or Chinese cooking has not really made it into sort of the mainstream U.S. consciousness. Uh, like unlike many other flavors, which which were originally Chinese, but people now sort of uh, they're very widely recognized. What do you think it is about Sichuan peppercorns or or the oil or the yeah. that sensation that you're talking about that that has made it difficult for people to to learn about it? Or I don't know why why is it so so far so much farther behind other aspects of Chinese cooking in the U.S. Right, I, I you know I, that's a that's a very good point. I, I think part of it is. Um, socioeconomic uh, reasons, right? I think China now, I, I think at the beginning, it was a main, the, the Chinese in America are Cantonese um, and the older generation of Chinese in America or, or outside of China. So the, the, you know, the food is tend to be General Chow's chicken and you know, those, I would say, you know, the, the last generation Chinese food. But I think as China is rising to the, you know, the second largest world economy, um, a lot of uh, n- uh, new uh, immigrants uh, outside of China. Uh, I think a lot of them are students uh, and young professionals, and they are generally more um, eager to explore other flavors. So I think I think that's one reason, and, and the other reason is it is a it is a quirky a quirky flavor. Uh, even in China, I remember when I was. Uh, when I was uh, in China, so I went to college in Beijing. I, I went to college in Beijing, and uh, I moved to Beijing, and I'm from Sichuan. And the uh, Sichuan food is famous for ma la, right? The uh, ma is ma stands for the tingling numbing sensation in Chinese, and la is the burning heat from the chili peppers. And even in, outside of Chongqing, outside of uh, Sichuan, that flavor is. Uh, was new um, back 15 years ago. But now Mala, as you know, um, is taking over the world, taking over China, actually. You know, Sichuan restaurant is everywhere in China and, you know, everywhere uh, in, in the world. So I, I think it's just a matter of time um, because, you know, it, it's, it's a great flavor and it will, it will really um, be popular uh, around the world. But I think it's also one of those, one of those things that needs champions to put energy behind it uh, and to make it happen. And there are many people doing that. So, yeah. Um, and and you, you have a particular process kind of different from other Szechuan peppercorn or Szechuan pepper products I've seen in the U.S. where you are infusing it into oil so mm-hmm. that uh, you know, it's, it's sort of a different way of using it. How how are you infusing the the Szechuan peppercorns into the oil and then how, how do you recommend people? Right. That? So that's interesting because... 
Um, I think that goes back to um, my business idea, right? Because my business idea is not really to champion Sichuan food or, or to champion, uh, you know, to make, to, to gear towards the Chinese market. Because I want to make this tingling numbing sensation more known and um, uh, more enjoyed by American foodies, by uh, uh, Western foodies. So, so I came across the oil, you know, from the dish my mom made, um, which I think is a much easier way to use citron pepper because, you, you know, you, normally citron pepper uh, comes in a dry form, uh, in a dried pepper, uh, in a dried pepper form. Um, and you have to grind it and uh, into powder. Uh, you have to toast it and grind it. Uh, it just makes it harder for a general American public to use um, that flavor. And the flavor goes away really fast. Um, that's why I started with the oil because it's a condiment. Um, you know, you, you infuse fresh citron pepper uh, into the oil, uh, it's, which is ripseed oil. And, uh, and the oil keeps the flavor for a long time. And then you just drizzle um, to your food, use it as a condiment. So, so, so yeah, so, so that's why um, the, the, I started the business um, because I think it's just easier for the American public to use it. And what's, what's the feedback been on, on that kind of more creative presentation of this flavor profile? So it, it's, been, it's been excellent. It's really um, beyond my wildest imagination. So I started the business, um, you know, roughly a year ago, like officially. Um, I've been doing research since 2018, right? you know, because I have a job. So I'm doing it on the side, you know, um, so slowly I'm putting up, putting together the supply chain, you know, uh, the designs and also the research, right? You know, I have uh, zero experience in the food industry. So it took me a long time to do the research uh, and put things together. Um, but really last year, uh, pandemic started, um, I had a lot of flexibility at hand. So I opened the website and I start doing some promotion, but I'm just doing it on my own. And then um, for sure download. Uh, so one morning I woke up with uh, with... 500 messages on my phone. Uh, I, I just had absolutely no idea what happened. And I, you know, and I realized Fusha Donlop, uh, the most famous, perhaps the most famous uh, chefs and author on Chinese food, um, posted uh, an e- uh, and, uh, a shout out to the green citron pepper oil I was selling on her Instagram that caused this you know, um, um, pandemonium on my, on my phone. And, wow. th- and, you know, Fusha Dunlop, for, for, for those who don't, who, who don't know, and she is really the most famous uh, chefs on Sichuan food. To so get a shout out from her is really um, like a footballer get a shout out from, you know, Messi or something like that. So it was, it was a big deal for me. Um, and then, so then I got my first uh, batch of um, customers. And, and I think, you know, so for, for, for that batch of customers, uh, you know, a few hundred of them. They, I think they're already very familiar with Sichuan food and Sichuan pepper. So they're just very happy to learn the existence of the oil and they love it, right? But I also know it's a quote-unquote biased group because the, you know, they, they, they already have that inclination toward this flavor and sensation. So about a month later, the New York Times wrote to me asking me if they could give me a, a, a shout out uh, in their morning newsletter. Uh, and, you know, I was, again, like I, 
I, I didn't really know what I was getting into. I said, um, sure, you know, I, let's, let's do it. Um, and they warned me that they have 5 million readers that I have to be ready. Um, and I prepared a thousand bottles um, for that um, feature. And, um, and then we ran the story on July the 2nd. And over the next um, 24 hours, we had 22,000 orders just completely exploded. But yeah, it was really an out of the world kind of experience. But tie it to that, your question is that batch of customer, you know, which is huge for me, you know, in the, in the tens of thousands, they are, they have some, most of them have no idea what citron pepper is. They, they don't, they think it's a chili oil. A lot of them think it's a chili oil. Um, they actually don't know tingling numbing sensation um, at all. So I think that batch of customer gave me the real feedback that I was seeking. They love it. I think it was such a, a humbling experience um, dealing with them because I had a lot of mistakes and you know and um, and, and, and hiccups during the peak of the pandemic. Um, but they wrote to me um, email, emails and uh, messages uh, saying like you know, they just love this tingling, numbing sensation, and they want to know more on how to use it. Um, so yeah, so sorry, it's a bit verbose to your question, but but that's that's the whole journey. What did you do when when you got twenty two thousand orders overnight <laughs> and you only had a thousand bottles ready to ship? How did you how did you respond? It, it was it was very stressful. Again, you know I. Um, uh, you know, so I, so the full story was I woke up in the morning that day, July the 2nd, I sat in front of the computer thinking, you know, the story must have run uh, because, you know, it was 6.30 in the morning. I thought the morning newsletter must have gone out, but um, I got in front of my computer, nothing happened, uh, zero um, traffic on my website, but I didn't know that the story was wrong at 6.45 uh, so 6.45, there are 100,000 people on my website all at once. Um, and the 1,000 bottle I prepared uh, was sold out in, uh, uh, in 20 minutes. And I, I scrambled to change to pre-order mode and, you know, and then the sales kept coming in. Uh, it was just a very uh, kind of out-of-the-world experience. So I was definitely exhilarated at the beginning. But then when I was hit by 22,000 orders... In the peak of the pandemic, and I was, you know, as, as, as you know, a lot of uh, food brands were out of stock for three months. I, I panicked uh, for, I think, a, a few hours um, because, you know, I didn't know if I could get the, um, the, the oil back in stock. Um, but luckily, um, I think uh, my suppliers in China, they were... It really shows the entrepreneurship or the, the, the hardworking spirit of some, some of the Chinese companies. I called them. I said, I need three tons of oil uh, in, a, in a week. Can you deliver it? And they came back saying, no problem. We got it. And so they worked three shifts into midnight um, for uh, roughly 10 days and delivered three tons of oil. The lucky thing is, um, July is actually the harvest season for green citron pepper. So we were able to use uh, the freshest um, from the latest harvest. Um, and then, yeah, so I was, uh, and then, you know, back then it was the peak of the pandemic. There was not many flights between the U.S. and China. 
Um, so I managed to find a, a commercial flight, a Delta flight from Beijing to Atlanta. And then I put three tons of oil uh, in the cargo department. And then I was back in stock in three, in three weeks. So yeah, that was, <laughs> it was kind of crazy. But I aged, I aged like three years in three weeks. Yeah, what an insane uh, launch! I mean, you you'd only been in business a few months at yeah. that point. How how have how has that played out over time in in the you know in the year or so since then? Yeah, it, it, it's it's I I barely had time to think. Um, basically, from July to Christmas time, um, because uh, you know I mentioned a lot of those you know high high moments of, of this um, a, a journey. But at the same time, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, my packaging wasn't ready, um, and the fulfillment center uh, made a lot of mistakes. Um, I had to. There's you know a few weeks of delay. Even though I was back in stock in three weeks, I couldn't deliver until um, in August. So I just kept delaying uh, because of the fulfillment. Um, and it was me at the same time. It was me against the twenty-two thousand customers. So it was very stressful, and then you know, um, and then I have, and then figured out everything, and then Christmas time hit. Um, so a lot of them, a lot of customers came back and bought, uh, bought the oil as Christmas gift um, for their friends and family. So so since then, um, you know, now things are more manageable. I everything is more or less on the autopilot mode. Um, so I have time to think and um, and and strategize what's next. Um, so yeah, so since so ever since then, um, you know, I got a small batch of loyal and uh, adventurous and interesting customers. Um, that I think that's the best gift um, from from last year, actually. Yeah, that's amazing. We're going to take a quick break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Just Egg. You can't have plant based breakfast without a plant based egg. Just Egg is now the fastest growing egg brand in the United States. Bring more plant-based customers into your doors with easy-to-use Just Egg. You can get started with a free sample. Just head to ju.st/hrn. Made from plants, Just Egg is a better egg for you and for the planet. It's healthier, with no cholesterol and less saturated fat, and it's more sustainable. Just Egg uses less water and generates fewer carbon emissions. Most importantly, it's delicious. For our listeners who operate a food service establishment, you can get a sample for free. Head to ju.st/hrn. Just Egg makes a delicious plant-based addition to any menu. It's available as a liquid scramble, great for omelets, frittatas, stir fries, and French toast. There's also frozen, pre-baked, folded version that's ideal for filling breakfast sandwiches or topping salads. Chef Jose Andres called Just Egg mind blowing, and Bon Appetit says so good. I feel guilty eating it. Put the fastest growing egg brand on your menu. Get a free sample of Just Egg for your restaurant at ju.st/hrn. And we're back. You're listening to Why Food, and my guest this week is Yao Zhao, founder of Fifty Hertz Sichuan Pepper. Um, yeah, I wanted to spend a little time talking about some of the differences and the misconceptions that people might have about Szechuan peppercorns and, and different ones. Uh, you've mentioned that there are two colors, green and red. Um, 
would you just talk a little bit about the differences? Are they the same plant? Are they different plants? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and how are the flavors different? Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question, Ethan. Um, in fact, actually, the first thing I want to mention is you just mentioned citron peppercorns. Um, but, you know, but it's actually not a peppercorn. And the reason is uh, citron pepper, you know, you don't use the actual seeds. Uh, as you know, you know, um, the bla black pepper or, or white pepper, uh, the flavor resides in the, the actual seeds, right? You grind, you put the peppercorn in the grinder and you use, you grind it into powder. But in the case of citron pepper, uh, it's actually a flower bud uh, of this citrusy family. So you dry them and then you use the shell of the fruit. And that's where the chemical, the sensual, uh, resides. Um, so I think the first misconception is, uh, you know, people say it's a peppercorn. It's a peppercorn, but I think peppercorn is actually not, it's a misnomer. It's actually not the right word. Um, but it's, I think it's hard, to, it's hard to avoid because sometimes even I say, you know, citron peppercorn. But I just want to emphasize it's actually not a peppercorn. So I would just say dried citron pepper, which is interesting because I'm actually launching uh, the new product, which is the dried citron pepper. Um, and in my marketing, um, in, in my labels and marketing materials, I'm, I'm, I'm resisting the, the urge to use peppercorns. Um, so I always call it dried citron pepper. But I just want to make, yeah. make that distinct, <laughs> distinction. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's so tricky because the, uh, I mean, to call something a pepper is also a, a misnomer in the sense that a pepper is really about a, a capsicum, right. a sweet pepper or, or chili pepper. Right. And, and English, English just doesn't have a word for a small round spice that doesn't taste spicy. Yeah. Like there just isn't a, there just isn't a word for yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. And I think the second thing I want to say is, you know, I, I mentioned there are green and red variety. Um, and the red variety is known uh, and used in China and, you know, around the world for uh, thousands of years. And, you know, so the red variety is, uh, is familiar with chefs and foodies. Um, but it's really the green variety that, um, that I really love because I actually, because I love it so much that I started the business with the green variety. Because I think it's uh, more floral, um, and zesty and bright. Um, I, sometimes I compare them um, as red wine and white wine. So, you know, the red wine is more mature, um, deeper, and more full-bodied. And, um, and the green variety is like white wine. It's brighter and uh, refreshing. Uh, you want to pair it with fish um, and seafood. Um, so I think, uh, you know, and, and that distinction um, between uh, the red and green uh, is is interesting. Uh, I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't know about citron pepper. Um, what do the what do they look like on the tree, or how did how is that? Are the colors the same when they're fresh, or or do they come out as they dry? So you know, so there are two varieties of citron pepper, right? So the green um, variety is not a, a less mature version of the red, um, but at the beginning they're both green, um, and the the green variety will stay green uh, even when it's mature. I think the green variety will turn uh, a slightly pinkish, um, but you would have uh, harvested uh, when, before it turns a bit pink. Um, and, then, and then the red variety uh, will start with, uh, started in green color, and then it, it, it becomes this 
really uh, dazzling red color that you can see from afar. Um, you know, when I visited the uh, um, the farms uh, in in the Sichuan area uh, last summer, uh, actually two summers ago, um, you could you could see you know the whole mountain is is in this dazzling red color uh, of Sichuan pepper. It's 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 beautiful. Wow. Yeah. What do the what do the farms look like in general? Um, small. Um, so Sichuan pepper, the industry is still rather small and and it's in fact it's it's actually dying uh, industry so it's really uh, uh, pockets of uh, small f- farmers and uh, and cooperatives are planting uh, citron pepper um, and and the reason is you know citron pepper uh, is you know has this uh, it's called actually prickly ash it has this um, very sharp thorns on the branches so you can't auto, automation hasn't arrived um, to um, to be harvested by machines. So it has to harvest by hand, and so you know you can so you can imagine you know the, the farmers are um, cutting the the peppers from very thorny trees, and sometimes gets a bit bloody, uh, and you know it it cuts you um, here and there. So it's a very laborious um, um, process. So a lot of farmers are actually uh, moving away from citron pepper um, because you know the the revenue they generate is actually uh, not that high. So so it's so you can only see very small farms uh, in pockets of Sichuan and Chongqing province, and you know and also uh, in Gansu province uh, adjacent to Sichuan, north of Sichuan, that's also planting uh, citron pepper. So where do you think that goes? I mean, are, are you worried or, uh, mm. you know, the, it seems like market demand uh, internationally, especially is going up. Yeah. I mean, your business is an indicator of that. Um, but if production is slowing down or, or farmers still aren't making enough to justify the work yeah. and, and the, the pain uh, involved in picking the peppercorns, where, where do you see this going? Yeah, I think, I think actually that's, that's another reason why I want to do this because, you know, to raise the awareness uh, of, Sichuan pepper around the world will definitely help. Um, and as you know, um, people in the West can potentially pay higher prices for good quality uh, citron pepper. Um, so I, I think that's partly uh, why I want to do this. Um, and it, I think the other, the other thing is, um, you know, to, I think to make the farmers proud and, you know, of what they're doing, I, I think a lot of their work are undervalued. Uh, when I go visit them, um, I w- you know I-, I was just very curious, and I would um, take photos and record what they're doing, and you can see the effect on their face when someone uh, is uh, in, you know in, in interested in their work, um, and I think that's part of um, as part of the the uh, the process you know to bring the attention and bring. On the awareness to citron pepper, I think that I think that also really helps. You you talked earlier about the differences between green and red. Could you give us a couple of examples of of how you might use uh, mm-hmm. how you might use them differently, or or different dishes that where green or red might might taste better? Yeah. So so, so the red is um, the red is very iconic uh, citron flavor. You know, once you taste it, uh, it it's you know, mapo tofu all over again. Um, so, you know, you could use the red oil or the red peppercorns uh, in, 
the iconic Sichuan dishes, mapo tofu, kung pao chicken. Um, for me, um, I actually really like the red. Uh, in, uh, I, I like to drizzle the red pepper oil on my pizza. Uh, I, I, I love that. Um, I love using it at, uh, together with the, the red chili flakes on my pizza. I found that was actually uh, uh, quite, quite amazing. But the green is even more interesting because the green, uh, you know, in China, the green are mainly paired with fish, um, you know, and, and frog, in fact. Um, but it, back in the, in the U.S. now, um, I use the green on my salad and, um, and, uh, and seafood uh, quite a bit and, and pasta. The, the, how I stumbled upon the business idea, I forgot. There's a moment I was making a Thomas Keller recipe. Uh, it's this uh, um, mushroom shallot um, pasta. Uh, and I just added a little bit of uh, uh, green citron pepper oil on top of it. It, it. The flavor just brings together the earthiness from the, the mushroom and the, the Parmesan cheese, the umami flavor from Parmesan cheese. So I would definitely uh, recommend the um, green citron pepper uh, on pasta because, you know, it's very refreshing uh, and lemony. So it, bring, it dissolves fattiness really well. Um, and interestingly, um, a, lot, a lot of my customers, which is, this is to my surprise, um, make a, a lot of my customers love it on, on their popcorn. Um, uh, so that's actually an innovative use that I didn't expect before I started the business because I, I didn't know, that, you know people can use it on their popcorn. Um, and yeah, so those are just to name a few, uh, a few uses. Do you, do you find that most of your customers are cooking more traditional Chinese dishes or at least their own interpretations of them? Uh, or mm. are they using it in, in more Western dishes or, or just sort of working it into their regular rotation of recipes that they already cook? I think it's a half and half. Um, you know, so for those customers that are, that's already familiar with Chinese food, so they're just happy to find uh, this new um, pantry item um, that they can just easily... Um, uh, used to either replace uh, the peppercorn uh, or, the, you know, they can just, uh, you know, drizzle on their food. Um, and, then the, there's a, and then there's the other part of uh, the customer. They, uh, they, they, they got to, uh, they got to um, know the tingling, numbing sensation, and then they started adding to their, um, you know, rotation of, uh, of recipes, as you said. Um, and I, so, I think that's actually part of, um, my mission to encourage them to do that because I want to find out, okay, what are the other um, options out there? Um, and speaking of which, I just forgot to mention, you know, um, drinks is another way of people using it. Um, many, many, many people wrote to me that they love their, um, a little bit of a tingle in their cocktail um, because I think the numbing sensation is actually... Um, very similar to the carbonated sensation when you drink Coke uh, or bubbly water. So, um, yeah, so beverage is actually uh, another very interesting area that I want to explore with my customers. Yeah, that's such a cool idea. I hadn't yeah. thought about that, but you're absolutely right. A, a little fizz on your tongue is something people are very yeah. accustomed to. Right and, and, and actually, that's why, you know, that's, I think that's why mala works so well, you know, the, the iconic citron flavor. Because, you know, the, the la, the, the burning sensation 
is a bit hot, right? And um, and numbing is cool and and, and calming sensation. So it's so balance it out, um, you know. And they have different receptors to receive those uh, chemicals, um, and and that's why. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Uh, let's do a couple of rapid fire questions before we wrap up. Um, uh, let's start with kind of an iconic dish from your childhood. What What were some some of your some of your mother's favorite dishes that you ate growing up, or or uh, your favorite dishes in Chongqing? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Chongqing noodles. The Chong, in Chinese called Chongqing Xiao Mian, Chongqing small noodles. Uh, there's a recipe on my website, um, and that's that that dish is so iconic uh, in my hometown Chongqing. Um, and that I just I grew up eating um, that dish, and it's what? it's what tell us about it. what is it? it? It's it's a it's a noodle dish. It's so simple. Um, it has this um, a, a base. Uh, it's a soup based, or oh, you can have it dry as well. But it's traditionally soup based uh, with a lot of garlic and ginger, and chili oil, and citron pepper, um, and uh, and then you would. Um, so you would, you know, make that uh, very, very flavorful um, bowl of, um, of of the of the base, and then you would boil uh, green vegetables. Uh, any kind of green vegetable w- w- would work. Uh, I normally use bok choy, and then you and you boil the bok choy and you put it on, put it into the the, the soup base, and then you um, you know make some noodles. Um, so, you know, you boil the noodles for two to four minutes and you put it into the bowl and then you just add some toppings. Um, I normally fried, uh, you know, an egg or you could do some ground pork or ground beef um, and or, you know, so, or any kind or any kind of uh, proteins. So so that dish is so iconic um, uh, in my hometown. And so I have done quite a few uh, cooking events uh, with my customers and they love it. Um, so, so I would definitely recommend that dish. And that dish is those type of dish that you would see people eating on the street everywhere. If you go to Sichuan and Chongqing and, um, yeah, so I would definitely name that dish. Yeah. It sounds pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, how about, uh, your desert Island kitchen tool? What do you, what kitchen tool do you bring with you to, to a desert Island? Ooh. Um, I think a good pair of, um, Chinese cleaver, <laughs> I would definitely bring because it's so um, versatile. Uh, you can cut with it. You smash cucumber and smash garlic with it. Um, and and more importantly, because you know the Chinese cleaver is white, the, the blade is very white, so you you can smash. But more importantly, when you you know dice things, you know you can you know put things on to the white blade and then um, move them around. So I would definitely choose a Chinese cleaver. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a built-in uh, scoop in addition to being a knife makes it easy to, yeah. to drop things into a pan. Um, uh, how about uh, uh, the best meal or a really great meal that you've ever had that costs less than five or ten dollars? Something that that really blew you away, but but didn't cost very much. Um, so I can name a few um, from my travels. I remember when I first visited Vietnam when I was backpacking, um, and, and I had pho for the first time, and it was in the morning, right? So people in Vietnam have pho, you know, three meals a day, 
But I remember having a bowl of pho uh, on the street of Hanoi and uh, enjoy that mugginess um, from the summer um, and the, the flavor from the pho and the freshness from the vegetables for less than a dollar. Um, it was, it, it's so good. I, I, w- I think that's very memorable. Um, and also the, the, the whole ambience um, being on the road, backpacking. Um, it, it, yeah, it was just a happy time <laughs> that I want to <laughs> revisit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an, it sounds like an amazing meal and, and those roadside pho spots yeah. in Vietnam. I, I've only been there once, but uh, my Burlap and Barrel co-founder, Ori, uh, pho is probably his single favorite food. And so any chance we got, that's what we were eating. Yeah. Um, and uh, and even, even, you know, getting to taste some of the differences city to city or town to town, uh, how people were serving it, the herbs that they were serving alongside it, the size and shape of the noodles. It was, it was really interesting to see that. Absolutely. You know, I think, um, don't, I don't want to deviate too, too far, but, you know, bong bo hui, which is this, you know, another variety of pho from this city uh, called hui. It's spicier. It has uh, more uh, meat in it. Um, that, that was actually one of my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Last question. If you were a vegetable, what vegetable would you be and why? Um, I would want to be a daikon. <laughs> um, I, I think I, daikon is the, um, the, the Asian radish, um, normally white. Um, I want to be daikon because it's, uh, it, it just brings me the memory of eating um, hot soups in the summer. So people in Asia, in China or Japan, they make um, daikon soup uh, in, in winter. Uh, and, and the saying goes, eat daikon um, and, you know, basically eat daikon keeps the doctors away. Same as, you know, eat apples keeps the doctors away in, in the U.S., um, I, yeah, I just, Daikon just brings me the memory of being healthy and, uh, and a family meal, uh, in winter with family. So, so, uh, you don't need to go see the doctor very often because you are, you are yourself a Daikon radish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it's been so, so great to catch up and, and to talk to you today. Where can our listeners find you, find your products, uh, try your Sichuan pepper oil? Um, uh, my website, um, 50 Hertz foods, um, dot com. Um, that's perhaps the best place. Um, and we have, you know, a few stores in New York city and in Washington, that's where we're based, uh, that's, that sells our product as well. Um, so check out our website and that's the best place to start. Awesome. Uh, as always, you can reach us, whyfood at heritageradionetwork.org or on social media at whyfoodpodcast. You can reach me via my spice company, Burlap and Barrel, at Burlap and Barrel on Instagram. And you can reach Valerie via her Instagram at foodie in New York. Thanks to Armin Spengen, our sound engineer. Thanks to the Red Crickets for our theme song. And most of all, yeah, thank you for, for joining me this week and for such an interesting and uh, tingly conversation. Yeah, it's really my pleasure, Ethan. Talk to you all next week. Why Food is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. 
You can also find us at facebook.com slash Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.